Okay, are you scared of taking action because you don't know what you would do after your offer for a multifamily uh, affordable housing project gets accepted? Listen to today to hear what Dane and his brother Jared actually did on, during their inspection and due diligence period after their offer got accepted. So welcome to another episode of Affordable Housing and Real Estate Investing. Dane, welcome to the show, man. Welcome back. I'm so happy to have you back on the show. I, I can't wait because I know you're going to be a star of this episode because I knew you were the boots on the ground. But right. welcome back, man. Thanks, man. And thanks again for having me. You know, I know we were talking before the show. I, Jared and I truly love being on and, and uh, hopefully um, educating people, uh, getting some knowledge out there, but also just having fun, kind of clowning around a little bit, too, and, <laughs> and sharing some of our, our wins and losses and, and mistakes. And, uh, you know, some we've had some good ideas along the way, too. So, yeah, I love it. So, Dane, you know, we were talking about a little bit, a little bit about this a little bit before this um you're, you're kind of like a big brother to me in, in this industry because you and jared have been doing this for about like four or five years now and you guys have been through the trenches to some of the problems that you know, <laughs> a lot of newbies will face right and one of the biggest items that i've noticed in a lot of other podcasts and shows that they don't talk about is like they always talk about a due diligence period or an inspection period but they never actually talk about what actually happens that can adequately prepare like our audience members to kind of go through this phase themselves. So maybe let's start from the very beginning. Like your offer gets accepted. What are you doing right away? Who are you calling to get out to the property? Give us some details there. Yeah, so on the property, um, it's somewhat unique for, for us. Um, but maybe not so much, you know, in the affordable housing space. A lot of affordable housing uh, does not tend to be built in 2010 uh, or 2015. Mm. They're usually 1950s, 1960s, 70s, mm. or maybe even older. Um, and so what we have learned um, through, uh, you know, trial and error, but but experience also is you know, we want to take care of, of the, the, the skeleton. There are certain things that are, that are paramount roof mm -hmm. foundation, and then, and then water or sewer. If those things are okay or um, can be repaired and, and replaced, um, then in a lot of cases, in my opinion, you have almost a, a new structural building because a lot of these buildings, if they were built in 1940, 50, 60 are brick uh, we always joke, we look for the ugly brick buildings, you know, uh, the <laughs> brick will last for a million years uh, as long as there's no, you know, foundational, foundational issues. So um, what we do is, um, like I mentioned in previous podcasts, it's myself and our property manager. We mm -hmm. personally go through, <clears throat> walk through every single unit um, and make notes on our phones on you know unit one and we walk through mm -hmm. and we check you know if there's a air conditioning unit in there we, we make notes of that we make notes of all the electrical the electrical mm -hmm. panel uh you know your basics the 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 status of the walls and carpets and floorings and and doors um number of bedrooms like i mentioned i think in the first podcast mm -hmm. i make sure that we don't get duped on a number of bed bedrooms missing mm -hmm. um, counters cabinets anything that would need to be updated uh, for the most part is what we make notes of um, so 
each unit we go through like that. Same thing with the common areas. Do they do these common areas? Are they beat up? Are they dirty? Are the stairs filthy? And um, the common areas, a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, just a fresh coat of paint uh, and, and maybe new flooring if, if it's LVT or tile or something like that goes a long way for that homey yep. feeling when you enter. Um, so, you know, the, cosmetically, those those are the types of things that him and I do. Um, as well as walking the exterior of the of the building, um, what's the landscaping look like? Do they have the old bushes that are grown up over mm-hmm. the, the the first floor windows? Is there no landscaping, and does it look like more like a prison cell than a yeah. than a home? <clears throat> um, what's the slope of of the 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 grade of of the um, uh, of the land? Is is has this place had water in the basement consistently? Um, and if so, what's the cause of that? It, it could be the grade. Uh, you know, if if the grade is mm-hmm. into the building, that means the water's running into that foundation and into the basement. That's that's another biggie that we look for. Um, Let me pause you right there. So this yeah. is interesting, right? You talk about you bring a property manager and you guys are focusing on on some of the cosmetic stuff. Right. But you also mentioned the skeleton stuff, like the roof, the foundation, the water yeah. sewer. So yeah. on a day you are you 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 get your offer accepted, are you calling an engineer, a roofer, a yeah. plumber, or sewer scoping company right away, or are you yeah. walking with a property manager first? Tell us. I, I want to make sure we get the details out there so the newbies yeah. actually know. Like, hey, who am I really, really calling? Yeah, I kind of got ahead of myself, but. That's that I was leading into that for sure. So mm-hmm. we work closely. What we've learned is the skeleton is more important than the cosmetics. So <laughs> I got it. You know, while while we're in negotiations, we're talking with a roofing company and, and tentatively getting appointments set up. Um, the mm-hmm. sewer company that come through and scope the lines to see what shape they're in, how blocked or or cracked or, uh, or crushed the the the, the mm. lines are for sure. Um, and then if there's any concerns that we've had structurally, whether it's <clears throat> foundation um, or like a lot of buildings, obviously it'd be multiple levels and they'll have a mm-hmm. mezzanine patio. Uh, if that patio, if we're, we have any concerns about the structural integrity there um, or of the brick, then we'll bring, we'll also bring in, <clears throat> excuse me, a structural engineer uh, to do, to do their thing too. Mm-hmm. So the way I think of it, you know, roof, foundation, and then sewer, top, middle, bottom. Um, we we bring them in, and then I I try to be there on site with them also. Got it. Um, Got it. So you know, usually, usually my um, uh, property manager and I get out first, and that's why I kind of started there, yeah. looking at those things, and then the big guns come in a few days later. Um, mm. It. it we used to try to do everything in one day, but that, that was way too much for, for me and property management <laughs> to handle because when an issue would arise, let's say with the sewer, they would want me to, to, to see it and, and talk to them about repair work and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that we, we bring them in. And at that point, you know, I feel comfortable, um, moving forward, assuming that there's remedies to any issues that were found. Um, one of our colleagues and, and mentors and, and friends, Bill Ham, always talks about a CapEx tsunami, you know, buying mm-hmm. properties. 
if we're in a downward market and all of a sudden the sewer goes out or roof goes out, uh, not only is your property depreciating, but now you've got $30,000, $50,000 worth of, of CapEx. Um, and it can really send you down the drain, um, you know, for a variety of different reasons and, and different settings. So we try to, what we've learned and we tiptoed into it. And with his guidance, we really wanted to make sure that that didn't happen to us. And so we started brainstorming mm -hmm. what could go wrong. And we had multiple yes. talks with him. And so, yeah, if, if the roof needs replaced, if the sewers are in horrible shape and blocked and filled with, you know, we've seen everything from yeah. uh, kids toys to diapers to you name oh. it, then, then we will get the estimate usually within a day or two on what that's oh, okay. That's fast. Um, we don't like to retrade. We try not to retrade, but on those three areas, those are areas where a lot of times we have to go back and say, this is what we found. And by the way, you know, <laughs> if the roof is shot and leaking, it's not us being princesses and, and wanting a brand yeah. new roof because we want a brand new roof. It's because everybody who wants to buy this property can, is, is going to want a new roof. Or if the sewers are backing up every day, guess what? Every buyer is going to want that remedied and that's on that's on you because you haven't you know taken care of it and and maintained mm -hmm. so we're not we're not asking for a gold mailbox out front what we're asking for is top middle and bottom to be stable um and 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 functional and i can see how you can be so convincing when you when you say it like that it's not like you're asking for anything unreasonable it's si simple as like if someone is buying a single family home anything that comes up in an inspection report even if a buyer pulls out, that's going to be surfaced again later. So right. that <clears throat> gives you a little bit of leverage as a buyer, assuming that your offer has been accepted then. A little bit of leverage so that you can negotiate some credits or some sort of um, remedies to kind of right. make things right and make the deal a little bit more fair for both sides. So I yeah. loved it. I love that you talked about you walked up with your property manager company. I, I think I want to make sure I call it out that you did mention your property manager is a little bit better with electrical, but if they weren't, you would probably recommend an electrician to come out to take yes. a look at everything else. Right. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah he yeah. knows electrical very well. Otherwise that, that would probably be a, you know, a fourth specialist that we would have come out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and there may be little things that pop up along the way. I can't think of anything offhand um, as we're going through and doing, well, you know, the, the grade of, of, of the of the land, if that's an issue, then we make a note and, and we may have an engineer or or somebody like that come in to, to get their recommendations on, you know, what, what we need to do there. But uh, for the most part, uh, that's that's what we need. We're lucky that in our property manager being mm -hmm. you know so good with the electrical that that we don't have to worry about that. So um, yeah, for the most part, no, I do the interior and the exteriors and then top, middle, bottom for the specialist. Well, that's really good. And thanks for pulling back the current again. Like we always love using that metaphor <laughs> here. And so you talked about engineers, electricians, sewer scoping, roofers. What does, what do these inspections really cost, right? Because in single family homes, we might pay like a couple hundred bucks, maybe even a thousand dollars for an inspection. But these are like very specialized folks for very, very large buildings. Are, are, what do these costs look like? Are they in the thousands, ten thousands? Tell us a little bit about that. 
Well, for me, it's free. It's sweat equity on my part. <laughs> uh, our, our property manager, you know, charges us his typical uh, hourly rate. Um, okay. And in the past, uh, we, the one uh, roofing company here in town, we try to support local, um, you know, mm-hmm. well experienced um, and uh, you know contractors and, and companies. They used to come out and do the roof for free under the caveat of if there are repairs that need to be done, you use us. And we, we did in the past. Now they charge us a couple hundred dollars um, to come out. That's not bad. Yeah. So it's, it's not terrible. Um, If we have to bring a structural engineer out again, depending on the scope and the size of the property, Mm -hmm. um, same thing, couple two three hundred $300 to have him or her come out for an hour or two and get a full thorough report. Um, the uh, the sewer guys are more uh, expensive. You're usually looking at a couple grand there. Uh, Jared would know the exact pricing on that. No problem. Um, but that's they're they're not just in and out. They're they're scoping all the lines, and so it's yep. a lot of times it's a it's a multi depending on the size of the property. It mm-hmm. may be a multi day inspection there. So. And that's really interesting because some of the newbies might think like a an engineer, right? That just sounds expensive. And based sure, on what you sure. said, it was actually a little cheaper than than the sewer scoping job because of oh, the yeah, amount of work and intensity, right? Yeah, so. significantly, uh, significantly cheaper for sure. Yeah. All right, I love that. So we talked a little bit of the walkthrough, and you talked about counting the bedrooms, but what are you doing during the um, during a walkthrough, you say you count in the bedrooms. Is this the part where you guys are counting up and developing a renovation plan at yep. this point in time? Tell us a little bit about what's going on through your head. Maybe you can visualize a room that you're walking mm-hmm. through. How are you actually looking at the room and how are you taking notes with your property manager? Yeah. So, and that's why I started on the interior, the cosmetic mm-hmm. stuff, because I want our properties to, uh, to to feel like home as much mm-hmm. as possible. I understand it's an apartment and it's not a single family house, but <clears throat> I want I want them to feel warm and cozy and, and clean and um, pest free. So yeah, man, we're, we're, we spend, I mean, we've gone through thousands of units now, but we spend a good amount of time in each and every unit, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, again, I, I want it to f- be clean and safe. So uh, on our phones, a lot of times we're just dictating as we go through Smart. room by room, what's the kitchen look like? Are the cabinets missing doors and, and sticky and disgusting? And if so, do we have to replace them or can we, you know, uh, strip them down and, and repaint them? And, and that's mm-hmm. more affordable. Mm-hmm. The countertops are the countertops broken and one of the the things that's a pet peeve of mine is the edge of the countertop our property manager is the same way the edge of the countertop does it have a laminate cover on it so it looks nice or is it just exposed wood where somebody had come through and, and cut just little things mm. like that where it's a quality thing um the appliances are they um in good shape and, and functional um you know obviously we're we're almost always putting a fresh cone of paint on, on mm-hmm. everything. Um, do the carpets need replaced um, or are they relatively newer and just need yep. shampooed and, and cleaned? Um, uh, you know, I mentioned pests. That's a big, you know, I lived in, I yeah. lived on uh, 
some terrible apartments where literally cockroaches were falling out of the uh, night into my, my uh, oh. making eggs for my, <laughs> for my wife. So that's a big no, no for me. So, you know, all of that, like I, every one of our apartments, I, when they're done, I want to be able to say I would live there, you know? Yes. Um, absolutely. So, um, you, you know, those are the biggies. Uh, I, I want it to feel fresh and clean. Are there, are there doors, um, throughout the, the, mm -hmm. the inside that have holes in the wall, you know, or I'm sorry, holes in the doors. And we replace those as much as possible. Um, everything like that. And then we're always, 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 I'm always looking up at the ceilings. Good point. For notice, you know, to, to see any um, evidence of water leaks. And as soon as I see that, then we go into robo mode of what happened here. Okay, we're tracking mm -hmm. the water lines. <clears throat> we make a note of our to our sewer guys also. But we th there was one property that we we currently own where the hot water heaters were up on the second floor in one of the closets, and the the overflow basin wasn't connected. Yeah, you know, the, uh... the, the PVC coming out wasn't connected, and it would cause all this this damage. So little things like that that we want to remedy for people. So they have a, a warm, safe, clean, pest-free place, but also so our property manager doesn't get a call at three o'clock about <laughs> something too. I love it. So that that was a very good tip on telling our audience members to always make sure you're looking up, but really, I mean, you're looking up, down, everywhere, right? Left and yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, but what other surprises have <clears throat> you guys run into or you guys are on purposely looking out for that can be very costly if, a, a new person that might be doing their first deal misses it. Yeah. Water is the big thing, man. Like, mm -hmm. um, and that comes from the roof that comes from the foundation and that comes from the sewers. So, um, you know, if you see any evidence high <laughs> or low of, of water, then your, your spidey senses, you, you have mm -hmm. to really, really dig into that. And it's okay to say what caused this to mm -hmm. whoever's with you, your property manager, the sewer guys. That's what, what I did. You know, I know a decent amount on, uh, about homes, but <clears throat> I've asked a lot of stupid questions. Um, sometimes where I thought I knew the answer, but I wanted further insight. So finding any, any, any evidence of, of, of water and then mm -hmm. finding out what caused that and then remedying it because that's that, uh, that'll wreck your place uh, faster than, than anything. It, it could be something as simple as downspouts not connected into the, the tile. It could be something wow. as simple as the, the gutters, you know, you know, you're in a C-class property or worse if there are trees and plants growing out of the gutters because they mm. haven't been cleaned in years, they're overflowing and backflowing into the foundation. Um, it, you know, it could be as simple as, as a sump pump there at the property, you know, really get diligent with the sump pump and make sure that uh, it's functional. <laughs> I've opened the lid on sump pumps before and seen the float arm just kind of float away. Um, <laughs> so make sure it's plugged in is the other thing. You know, we've seen that where it's not plugged in, but make sure that sump pump is functional and that it's actually ejecting out into the street or the, or the sewers properly. Um, those would be the big things I, I think. Um you know, I, I won't comment on electrical because that's that's not my my thing. But <laughs> keep the properties dry. Um, yes. Even if it's a slow leak or a slow 
or a, a decent amount of moisture, then you have to mm -hmm. worry about mold, you know? And exactly. That's a biggie too. You, you, you don't want to let it get to that point. No, that, that's interesting. And, um, you know, you mentioned some of your buildings are a little bit on the older side. Are you guys like getting any sort of inspections for like lead paint or doing those disclosures or anything like that, just because they're a little bit built in, in the older <laughs> times? Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a Jared thing. He takes care of that. I know there's a certain year um, that that we need to be aware of on, mm -hmm. on that. But all those all the disclosures are taken care of with, Got it. with uh, Jared or or our lawyer. He'll advise us on, you know, um, if we need anything. Uh, uh, environmental also is another thing we we take a look at to make mm -hmm. sure that there was no you know, waste or, um, you know, one of the properties that we looked at and really, really wanted, and it just didn't work out, had um, an environmental fail on a survey um, on the previous owner, excuse me. Um, and they had to do some ex extensive and expensive um, excavation of, I think it was the basements to, to remove that contaminated soil. So um, yeah, that's a great point. A a any of those surveys we always look into, We've got our whole checklist now of, of things that, that we go through for sure. Um, and so that's, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I mean, that's, that's awesome that you guys got a checklist. So that could be like another resource that we share with the audience members. So like, Hey, Dan and Jared has already gone through this. Yeah. Use this checklist, look at what they've done. And obviously if you have experienced something yourself, you guys can always share that with Dan and Jared. So the whole point of this, this podcast is to share that information and make everybody better on, on, that might be listening to this. Yeah. And the, um, one, the one thing that we've not to interrupt you, the one thing that we've learned is when we submit our LOI, mm -hmm. um, every, every time just about I submit an LOI, I, I tweak it a little bit and add something else. So again, we never want to re be those guys that retrade uh, mm -hmm. extensively unless there is a structural problem, like we mentioned, but you know, in that LOI, we mentioned things that, that would kill the deal and in an environmental fail, you know, things like that. So we're yeah. always upfront and honest and just making that, you know, a noted to the, to the seller. Those are yeah. things that we look at. <clears throat> and I think that comes, just comes from experience, right? You guys should be improving your process every single time. Just like you guys always harp on the fact that you guys are trying to be more efficient every single time. Right. Sure. So it always makes yeah. sense that you guys are improving your LI every single time. Yeah. 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 Um, Dave, so you, you mentioned you walking through all the properties, right? <laughs> is that also how you verify occupancy? Because this is this is the weird part. Maybe as a newbie, you're thinking about like, man, I got to go into every single apartment where people are living there and, and we're intruding upon their daily lives. Like, how long are you usually in each apartment for? And, and is that what you're looking for? It's like, hey, they said it was 80% occupied. Am I actually seeing 80% of the units being occupied? Yeah, we do. And it's, it's a little awkward, especially in the era of COVID, obviously. Uh, um, yeah. but, but we give adequate notice, two, three day notice uh, at mm -hmm. least that will be coming through. Um, and, you know, you're a, you're a visitor in their home. It, it's a little mm -hmm. awkward. Most of the time, you know, there, there are no issues at all. Sometimes you have the guy follow you everywhere you go. And, mm -hmm. and I'm fine with that too, because yeah. you know, I would probably do the same thing. I don't, yep. you know, I don't know who this ugly bald guy is walking through my, <laughs> my crib. I don't want him taking, you know, whatever I have. So, um, but most of the time they're completely um, fine with it. They're used to, yep. they're used to it. Um, and, you know, if you have, 
I try to just be friendly and thank you so much. If they're huggers, you know, I'm a hugger. I don't yeah. mind hugging, <laughs> hugging on people, but um, you know, just strike up a relationship with them. And then yeah. I'll, I'll ask questions. Have you had any yeah. problems since you've been, how, how long have you been here? Yeah. Um, any water leaks, any, any issues with the, um, you know, the plumbing or any, you know, any bugs tell me, is this good, bad? You know, what, what yep. would be one thing that you would improve? And I, I try to try to make a note of that also. Um, and if it is an occupied unit, not to drift too far, once we go into the basement, I make sure that there are no sleeping bags or mattresses down mm. there where people are sleeping in that basement or are maybe an un or uh, an invited guest that are not on yep. the lease type of thing. Cause that's a liability if there's a fire and there's no egress, mm-hmm. um, you know, exit uh, egress window Great uh, point. for them to get out of that. Then that's one area for us and for them that we do put the hammer down on. Once we take ownership, we, we, we just have that. No, absolutely. That's a huge, huge liability risk there. And like, I, I've seen where there's been overcrowding situations just from where I used to live. So yeah. I love that you guys are checking for that. And I love that you guys are asking questions from the residents that are already there because who would know, like from a firsthand experience of all the problems that's wrong with the building, like they'll probably tell you. And well, just to be clear, are you presenting yourself as the buyer now at this point to these residents, like at, you're inspecting the home, you might be trying to present yourself like, Hey, I'm trying to make the conditions better. <laughs> or are you just trying to be like, Hey, I'm just, I'm just another guy. I'm just an inspector. What That's are you great. doing there? That's a great question. I rarely do I ever want anybody to know who I am. I always mm-hmm. just say that I'm working for the owner. And on that day, I'm working, I'm working for Jared. Um, <laughs> 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 um so no, I try not to. I just say I'm I'm here to inspect. Um, mm-hmm. And in a if we have a good mojo, which most of the time I can kind of crack people's tough exterior and, and get them laughing and like make them comfortable. Yeah. That's yeah. that's one of the most valuable things that we do is is literally sit there with them and or walk through with them and well tell me what you're talking about with the sink. What's wrong with the sink? Yeah. Oh okay yeah. What and I that's one of the questions I. We'll ask them what are one or two or three things that you wish was was better mm-hmm. on the interior or the exterior. You know, love it. Um, and I again, I make copious notes on on my phone on each property, and then you know we keep referring back to those. And once we take ownership, is okay. What's our game plan? Where do we have to? Yes. We have to start with the high, the medium, and the, and the low, obviously. But once we're structurally set, okay, where do we want to spend our 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 monies? Well, unit one had a, uh, a faucet that was nonstop leaking. That's that's kind of a big mm-hmm. of money. Let's let's go at that, and so on and so on. And sometimes I get them to make make me breakfast too. And <laughs> but but I, I you know all jokes aside, I can't emphasize this enough. Like you have when you are walking through the property, this is the best information gathering session that you can possibly have. Just imagine <clears> you're running any business. The more information you get from your customers about what they want you can improve your business because you're meeting their needs. People can't forget like this is not just a landlord tenant relationship. This is an actual business and you have to satisfy what your customers in this situation, the residents or tenants are looking for because one of your biggest expenses are vacancy, right? If you understand what people are complaining about from the entire complex, now you have a really good idea of like, Hey, everybody complained about this or 50% of people complain about this and being able to adjust that can help 
your your vacancy expenses, especially during that new management takeover, right? Because I right. think people always underwrite like, hey, people are going to move out or uh, move out a little bit more when a new management team takes over. But maybe this is one of the ways that you keep the good tenants in there by listening to them and actually addressing all their issues there. Right. Would you say that's pretty fair? For Yeah, for no, completely. And one thing I just popped in my head that I forgot to mention earlier is, you know, HVAC is something we take a real mm. deep dive into also. And I apologize for not mentioning that earlier. Um, but that's something, again, they're usually in the basements or exteriors or wherever. But we, we take a good look at that, take pictures. Um, mm-hmm. And then, again, our property manager has an HVAC guy. If we ever have any questions like, boy, this is this is old. What would this cost? Or what what are we looking at here in terms of repairs? We take pictures, yep. model numbers, serial numbers, yes. send that out to him. We're always looking at the duct work also. Not a huge expense sometimes to replace or repair, but um, the duct work, if it's cracked or, or not connected, or if there are kids stuffed animals you know, in, in those, that's mm-hmm. something we, we make notes of and, and, and remedy too. Um, <laughs> and I love that you say you're going to take pictures of the modern number serial number. Cause that's something I do for my, uh, my homes too, but people yeah. forget how efficient you need to be. It's like when you are getting estimates for these HVAC repairs, right? Yeah. People are going to ask you, Hey, what model was this? What does it look like? What's the serial? What's the year make year model? Because who knows, there might be a warranty that you can still qualify for, right? right. Chances are it's unlikely if it's an older building. But you never know. And if you are able to capture that information and be able to give that to the specialty trades that you're looking for assistance or looking for an estimate on right away. So I love that you brought up HVAC. That's awesome. Well, Um, one property, you know, we negotiated, I I, want to say it was 20, shoot, 24 units. They all had their own air conditioners. They (laughs) were all outdated. So that was something that we, had accounted for in the pricing, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. for our CapEx. We're savers, man. We we, we set yes. aside, we gradually over time save and save and save. And we set aside six months of, of expenses uh, in case of COVID or something like that. But man, it took us a hell of a long time to save that money up because I told Jared, I'm like, look, eventually a lot of these are going to need to be replaced. But I think we got hit with almost half of them within the first couple of months wow. it's just, it never fails so uh taking that into account um for sure and the other thing is you have to re- remember what you're buying you're not buying an a-class property so you can't retrade on well this i need to replace the carpet in this unit i need to repaint mm. this you you can't retrade on that you'll never take down a deal if if you're nitpicking that it yep it is what it is uh you know the, the roof, the foundation, the, the water basement. Um, those are things that you can maybe a little bit on the HVAC for sure. Those, mm-hmm. those bones, but, but you, you can't nitpick every little thing. You have to realize you're, you're getting, um, you're getting what you pay for and, and, and you're at a lower price point, which is fine. You know, sweat equity and putting investing money yes. into some repairs and upgrades um, that's, that's what will in- drive your value, but you just can't retrade on every little, you know, little. And that, and that's such good yeah. advice, right? Cause you got to think about your reputation as a buyer. Like if brokers right. know that you aren't going to go through with a transaction, like sometimes it's not just about the purchase price. It's about the, 
the possibility of you actually closing and right every broker does not make money unless it's a transaction actually closes so you guys have to understand who you're working with because it's your reputation that you're building it's not just one transaction and you're done in multifamily it's really about who you know and your reputation in the industry so i love that you're bringing up this point because i i don't think especially for newbies, they might be trying to get and win every single deal, but that's not the point. You are trying to get the deal to close. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's such a great point, Ken. That's something that I learned early. I'm not good at, uh, at a lot, but there are a couple of things that I can do well and broker mm -hmm. relationships, I think is something I just enjoy. So maybe I'm, mm -hmm. maybe that's why I'm good at it. I just like learning, you know, meeting people and, um, learning what made them successful. But, uh, the one thing I pound into every broker's head when we're place submitting our LOI is look, mm -hmm. if we get this under contract, we're closing. We're not going to back out unless there is a massive thing structurally, environmentally that we find. Love it. it I mean, it, we're, we're going to close that makes them feel better. And then we prove it. And, and, mm -hmm. and we try, I tried that repeatedly in, in and our LOIs would get rejected for somebody that was offering the moon so mm -hmm. much more than what we were. And then again, they retrade. I'm like, we're not going to retrade. If we get this under contract, we will close. You will get paid. They will get paid. And then we closed our you know, first deal. And oh, then that guy knew we were serious. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. If you can get that first deal closed and operate professionally, Man, we started getting deal flow from him. I've got a, like I told you before the show, I've got a 3 p.m. or I'm sorry, 3.15 uh, call today with a 70 some unit property pre-market that one of our favorite brokers brought to us because we closed the deal. And, and the deal that we closed with him was hard, man. There, there were a mm -hmm. lot of issues with that seller, um, but we got it to the finish line. And at the finish line, I told him, I told you we would close. Damn it. And, and, and part of the only reason we closed on that deal was because he had our word that we would get it to the finish line. Yes. That was, that was a hard one. And I don't think people value that word, the power of giving someone your word and holding yeah. to it and sticking to it. Like that is huge, huge, huge sure. for your reputation. That's why you guys get people talk, always talk about how do I get deals? How do I get deals? How do I want an off market deal? Well, what have you done to prove that you deserve that off market deal? <clears throat> you just gave a really really good example of that well um, and the most valuable thing is time man like I, you mm -hmm. don't want to be talking to me for two hours you'd rather be playing with your daughter and and i get exactly. that so that's what we tell when we do get a deal uh, when we talk to with these brokers we say look we're small it's it's mm -hmm. dane and garrett you know we're, we're not a huge corporation but if you bring us a pre-market deal or any deal within 24 to 48 hours you're gonna know yes we're interested or no Yes. We're not, yes. we're not going to waste your time. And, and, and same thing. We're not going to, once we get this under contract, we're not going to file extension, extension and waste your time, waste the seller's time, and then possibly back out and chew mm -hmm. up three or four months of their time when they could have really had somebody interested in, in taking this down. So um, that's a great point by you is, is, is telling them that, but then sticking to it, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how many specialists you have to bring in, mm -hmm. um, that's 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 paramount yeah. for future yeah. deal flow. And, and it's love it. so much, so much. 
And, and I want to clarify for folks listening, right? We're not saying like, hey, go eat every single cost that comes up, right? Always, always putting your LA like, hey, there's always going to be contingency and brokers will be understanding of that. Um, but you just got to understand brokers are hearing it from both sides. They're hearing from the buyers and the sellers. And you got to understand that they are in a very unique position that faces a lot of stress. Obviously, they deserve the commission, um, but they they want everybody wants their lives to be a little bit easier <laughs> at the end of the day. And if you make their lives easier, they're going to like working with you and they're going to want to do business with you and they're going to send you deals. It's, it's very, very simple when you kind of boil it down. That's exactly almost verbatim what I told this current guy. Uh, young guy, <laughs> aggressive, uh, open to new ideas. Some brokers aren't open. You know, they just want to mm -hmm. do things. That and so I told him, I'm like, and we had a good relationship, like you and I have a good relationship. And I said, why don't, half jokingly, but I wanted to get the pulse on what he was thinking. I said, why don't you just send Jared and I every deal that you get before you list it on the market? And if it's something we're interested in, dude, We'll, we'll take it down. You don't have to go through all mm -hmm. the work, the OM, the research. We, we know this area. We'll do all of that. Just give us the, the financials, the, the rent roll, mm -hmm. the, the, yep. the T12, all that. And then I'll drive by and um, walk the exterior and, and, and whatnot. And so he does to a certain point, you know, I don't think you could ever get all of them, but yes, that's a great angle to play too, it, because especially once you close a deal with, with him or her, that, that, that may make their life easy, man. It's a push button, <laughs> push right. button mission for them. They just hit send with the information and, and then we possibly buy it. It makes yeah. it easy. Yep. And don't forget, you got to give them a response like within 24 to 40 hours, yeah. just like Dan and Jared said, right. because they don't like sitting because they're, they're doing a disservice to their clients, to their seller, by sitting on a, on a property and not actually marketing it. So you guys just got to make sure you understand <laughs> from their perspective, what is their problem and always put yourself into the other person's shoes. Um, yeah. And give them uh, feedback on the property yeah. too, because that may be something that they weren't aware of or didn't see or hadn't heard before. And they could remedy that issue or mm -hmm. expose that issue to a, a potential buyer. If, if, if you're not interested mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Well, Dane, I want to make sure I bring it back to the due diligence period because we we have one more question that we definitely wanted to ask you was when you were walking through the property and all the units and making all those notes, like how are you thinking about the renovation plan? Like when do you actually go in and do all these items? Because there are people living in there. It's not like a single yep. family home where it's empty, it's vacant, and then you do a, a big flip there's actually people living there you're intruding in their lives how are you guys thinking about that renovation plan as you guys are walking through uh the entire property yeah um you know it, it takes again depending on the scope uh the size of the property <clears throat> it may take a full week to get all of the data in <clears throat> from the roofers from the the plumbers but definitely within 48 hours to a week at the most we have all of that so we'll we'll get a grasp on you know, again, structurally, what does this look like? Is the roof, does the roof have another five years? Okay, great. Or no, does mm -hmm. it, does it need replaced immediately? Well, that's priority number one. You know, uh, what the foundation looks good. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, great. What do the sewers look like? Oh, no, the sewers are a complete mess. Do we go back to the owner on that and, and get some sort of um, retrade on that or, you know, that's probably priority number one, a, or, or, or two. 
so again, you know, the, the roofs, the foundation, and, and, the, and then the, the, the plumbing, those, those are the things that we prioritize. If those need addressed, we, we get that mm-hmm. signed up. Like as soon as we close, uh, usually within the first couple of weeks, those are taken care of. Those usually don't interrupt with people's lives too much. It's a little noisy on the roof mm-hmm. um, and, and whatnot. Um, but when you exp- explain to them what we're doing, your toilet's not going to back up anymore. Uh, it's going to be yeah. loud that they may have to come in and out of your, um, you know, your, your unit, uh, on occasion. Sometimes there are times where they have to access pipes through the wall. Um, mm-hmm. but, but the guys that do that for us are, are great guys and they understand yep. that this is their home and we make that clear to them also. Um, but yeah, for, for the, the interior things, man, people usually welcome that, you know, Hey, Love it. If, if you can take <clears throat> weather permitting, you know, we've got six inches of snow here today, but if you can take the kids out to the park or um, <clears throat> for a long day, when you come back, we'll have the carpets redone. Um, love it. Or love it, love it, love it. You know, we would like to, you, maybe it's a renewal. Maybe they're coming up on a renewal. That's when we do a lot of the interior work too is, got it. Hey, if you stay with us for another year or sign a two year, um, we guarantee the rents will only, you know, go up maybe this much stability for you, stability for us. Mm. And we'll come in and, and repaint and, and Got uh, it. replace that refrigerator. That's really, really outdated and, and mm-hmm. maybe, you know, has shelves broken and, and isn't the best. So, um, <clears throat> the, those exterior things, uh, just so paramount, we, we have to get those taken care of first. We need to ter- turn this 1950s property into a 2020s um, from the, from the bone. That's hard. And, and it, it's hard. It's expensive. But, you know, again, <clears throat> you have to figure out how much money are we putting in? Are we going to put $50,000 into sewers, but there's only four units in this property? Oof, that's not, that's not a good deal. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. over 10 grand you know, plus per unit that just added on to that per unit price. But on our larger properties, yeah, it makes sense. Now you've got a, a strong, stable, uh, in my opinion, you know, newer property. And then we focus in on the on the interiors. Got it. And, and do you have like a rule of thumb or just a general expense number like per unit that you guys have been trending towards that you can share with the audience? Um, no, it, because again, it varies from deal to deal. <clears throat> but what I can tell you is that obviously we know what, uh, we've paid per unit um, on the sale price. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then depending on the findings, um, we figure out from there how much we can afford to spend on each, you know, per unit, uh, you know, across the board yep. um, on, on year one, on year two. And yeah, as, as much as we would love sometimes to go in and do all $150,000, of work <laughs> day one, we have to prioritize and spread that out over, over time because um, we, don't, we don't take on a lot of investors. We, we do partnerships with you mm-hmm. know, people and, and that's a beautiful thing, but it sometimes limits us in terms of going in day one and <clears throat> doing everything in one fell swoop. But we make sure that the properties are clean and safe and dry yep. and pest free. Um, the landscaping may have to, we're in Ohio, the landscaping may have to wait until the spring. We tried to yep. get that done in the fall, just couldn't um, uh, on our uh, 76 unit property. So 
that's where Jared and I, at the beginning of the year for mm-hmm. this year, we're like, okay, whew, we've got all the sewers done, all the roofs yeah. done. People are happy. Boy, they're going to love us in the spring when we paint the, uh, on our properties uh, this year, we're, we're painting all the yep. trim and the, the porches <clears throat> and we're ripping out all the, the old beds, putting in new beds with, with new plantings. And that's going to really make it pop, make it easier love for it. a property manager to rent them out too. Love it. I mean, you mentioned like you guys have had a 20, a 30 and a 70 unit. Like, have you felt that it's actually gotten easier as your, your property size and unit counts actually got bigger or is it just simple like hey as time went on we just knew what we're doing and it was just easier irregardless of the size of the units was what was what easier what is just like the due diligence period like inspecting and coming out the renovation plan uh easier yeah yeah it's just like anything it gets easier as you go along um and we've learned again the way i think of it is how to turn that 1950s property into a 2020s um Mm -hmm. Our teams that come in, the the roofing guys, they know uh, they know us. They know what we what we need. The the especially the plumbing guys, they know us mm-hmm. by name. Uh, they sent us Christmas <laughs> cards, and they probably should have with as much business as we have given them. Um, should have sent us a bottle of bourbon uh, for as much as we've given. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's just like anything. When we call them up now, we're like, hey, okay, I, we know you inspected the sewers at property X. Boom, we're going to, we close in two weeks. When can you get out there? And uh, I think tenants like that when, when they see that mm-hmm. you're taking immediate, um, you know, immediate action. But yeah, you know, and then, like I said, we, we, we've kind of learned, we know our systems and that's why we feel really comfortable now moving forward with aggressive growth because these yep. guys want to work with us. They know that we, uh, we will pay our contractors timely um Mm -hmm. and that that will take care of them so um yeah it's it's we start with the exterior stuff and then work our way in um and um you know each year our goal is to not put this money in and then let the properties deteriorate deteriorate like the previous owner did every year we try to put a new something in so jared and i were for instance we're talking yeah we did roofs and and sewers year one that was a big hit year two now we're cosmetic paint uh landscaping Mm -hmm. common areas may get a little touch up if if they needed it in the one property um in year three something we wanted to you do year two but again baby steps year three Mm -hmm. we're gonna put um a few more exterior security lights but also security cameras up yeah. Um, so every year, so we're already planning for 2024. So every year we try to add some sort of value add for the property and for the the tenants. Got it. That's awesome. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. D- do you have any other advice or things like, hey, what else should people look out for when it comes out to specifically for affordable housing? Because it's a different asset class, different niche. Is there anything else that you think people should be worried about during the due diligence period? I think I think you've done a good job of of corralling my scattered brain into <laughs> uh, into you know getting the the important information a, a, across. But I can't emphasize you enough that you don't want to get caught up in Bill's term the the capex tsunami. So don't be afraid to spend two hundred dollars mm-hmm. to have a yes. structural engineer come out because I can't imagine. 
how horrible it would be to have a patio collapse and people get injured or, or killed. Yes. Spend the money. Yes. Find out what's going on. You can, if it's a hundred thousand dollar expense, you can always walk away uh, if need be. Um, so again, roofs, <clears throat> foundation, sewers, you know, if you don't know HVAC also dig into those things. Those are your big ticket items and prioritize them. Um, and, and then don't be afraid to sit down for hours and look through your, your notes mm-hmm. and put together a game plan year one, year yes. two, year three. A lot of companies um, have multiple, uh, multiple, multiple investors and can do everything in, in one swoop, uh, like we talked about. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can, and that's okay, but you have to make sure the properties are clean and dry and safe and not insect ridden. Um, yes. So, uh, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the roofs, foundations and, and water, HVAC, those three, four things are, are the biggies and, and take your time with it um, and, and go from there. The, that's where I would, that's, that's what we've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really made a difference at our, at our properties for sure. Yeah. And it's awesome that you guys are emphasizing those four things because now it helps you as newbies, like stop worrying about everything. Just make sure you get these four right, right the first time and then you <clears throat> learn everything else that kind of comes a long way. So stop being so scared of what if X happens? What if X happens? Just take it step by step. Yeah. Everything else will just come with experience. I, I love mean, it. Yeah, because if you think about it, like, you know, if, if you ignore the roof and it leaks and causes $20,000, $15,000 mm-hmm. worth of damage, guess what? Now you've got a claim and money that you're going to have to pay out. <clears throat> but if you've remedied that and you've remedied all the other big ticket items, I mean, what else could go wrong? A garbage disposal? <laughs> it's $150 or, um, you know, whatever. So those are, that's the priority that I would definitely place on, on, uh, on your due diligence and your inspections. Yeah, that's right. And just gotta remember, you're the CEO of your company. And it's like, you think about the CEOs of the biggest fortune 500 companies, they're not spending time on the very little things. They're focused on the yeah. biggest value, most at-risk items. And that's how you should be running your business here, even for affordable housing. So Dane, this was an awesome conversation, massive amounts of value. You have, again, pulled back the currents and shared, uh, shed so much light onto the entire process during the diligence. So thank you so much on behalf of the audience. Um, So audience members, if you want to see like Jared and Dane walk their property and maybe you point out things that were caught during the inspection period or what you should look out when uh, you're making your own investments in affordable housing, uh, let us know. Please uh, follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at Kent underscore he. And also go to Aspen Realty Co.'s website and add your email to their email list so you can be informed of this next live. All right, Dane, this was awesome. Thank you for holding down the show without Jared. I loved it. I had a lot of fun. Thanks again. And I hope to see you back on the show soon. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Thanks again. Take care, everybody. Love it.